We all have some definition of love. Some of us have experienced it. And the rest of us are still waiting for it. Whatever attributes you can associate with true love, what is it really? What does it look like? I'm not going to tell you how you should think about love. But I am going to tell you what the Bible says about love. Whatever you're doing right now, just take a few minutes and listen to these words. 1 John chapter 4 Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. There is no fear in love, 
but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he loved us first. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. What a great passage to read about love. And here is the definition of love. God. One of my all-time favorite stories, fictional and non-fictional, whatever category, my all-time favorite story is Victor Hugo's Le Miserable. And it comes down to one particular act in the story. Do you remember the character Jean Valjean? Do you remember at the beginning of the story, he was described as a thief, a scoundrel, a brute, really, and a liar, serving French time, right? French prison time, which is a big deal, by the way. Out on parole, a godly priest offers him shelter because he saw that Jean Valjean was in need of help. By the way, it used to be, regardless of the crime, that if you serve time in France, that you needed to register as an ex-convict in whatever city or town you reside in. That was law. Anyway, this particular priest saw that Jean Valjean needed help, and so he offered him shelter. And of course, Jean Valjean took that offer because, well, where else is he going to stay, right? Anyway, the priest was so kind-hearted, so loving of Jean Valjean. He even offered to feed him as well, right? Change clothes and bathe. Which, by the way, <laughs> do you guys agree or disagree with the idea that a good shower feels priceless? Don't you agree? It's amazing. You know, I used to live in a 450 square foot apartment actually it was a little a little house actually and I know it was small I mean I had a queen size bed and the things barely fit in one in the room <laughs> I kid you not anyway I remember during winter I loved coming home to my little little place by the way the place my that place was so small by the way you could take three steps across the room that's how wide it was. <laughs> and then lengthwise, maybe 10. <laughs> so it was extremely small. But I loved it. And I loved it especially during winter. Why? Because the thing heated so well. I had a little, like, one of those, uh, uh, I think it's a Korean-made, uh, looks like an air conditioner that you put at the top of your rooms. It's very, very efficient, but this one also blew heat, and it didn't take hardly any time to heat the house because it was that small, and I loved it. 
I remember feeling like, you know, I don't care how small this place is and how cheap it might look to other people, perhaps. But man, I felt like a million bucks because it was so warm. <laughs> so I compare that also with showers, right? When you take a really good shower, you know, whatever temperature you like to take, man, it's priceless, right? Anyway, I wonder if that's what's going, what was going on through Jean Valjean's mind, but <laughs> that's besides the point. He was offered shelter. All right. So guess what happened that evening? See, earlier before everybody went to bed, Jean Valjean actually saw the priest put some very, very expensive utensils made out of silver, which is expensive. And so he being an ex-convict, or at least a convict on parole, his instincts were to, well, steal the silverware so that he could have money and, and escape and leave in, in the middle of the night, right? Silverware was the equivalent of currency for him. So naturally, as a evil-hearted man, that's what he did. And as he was about to leave the, the priest's household, the priest actually was up, got up, and actually caught Jean Valjean. And what did Jean Valjean do? Well, he hit him and proceeded to flee. The next day, Jean Valjean was caught by the local police and they saw that he had the silverware. And because it used to be that you put like a little trademark or some type of emblem on your property, the local police knew where the silverware was from and so they brought it back to the priest because it had his mark and as the police entered the priest's household they asked him do you want to press charges well you know what the priest did the priest said to Jean Valjean you forgot to take the rest there are no charges here officer this was all a misunderstanding because Jean Valjean was my guest and I wanted him to take the rest, all my silverware. Of course, the police were all flabbergasted, couldn't believe what the priest was saying because clearly to them, they've seen crime like this before. So that was uncomprehensible for them. And of course, Jean Valjean couldn't believe what the priest had done. You know what the priest has done? He forgave him. Jean Valjean wept, perhaps for the first time in his life. He could not believe that a man that he stole from and beat it up, punched in the face, knocked him out cold, could not believe that that same person forgave him. That is true love. In my next episode, I'm going to be talking about forgiveness. The passage that we read this evening. Don't forget, 
in verse 9. It says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. That is love. That is true love. That is the only love that really will sustain you. Yes, you can have a companion and share some great moments and a great life together. But both of you will experience frustrations. And if you do not have forgiveness and grace in your heart, then you will not succeed in your relationship. God is love. Don't forget it. He loves you and will always love you. Have a good day.